We'll do a three count and start from <laughs> one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Hail, Hail Mary, full of grace. I can't. That was too much. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Daughters Podcast. We're six young Catholic friends just trying to live out our identities as beloved daughters of God. We want to share our conversations with you in hopes that you too might see the ways that God is working in the joyful and the sorrowful mysteries of your lives. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, so today I want to talk to you guys about something that's kind of been on my heart recently, and it's just this idea of like the world is not our home. And St. Therese has a really good quote, um, the world is thy ship, not thy home. And that was something that's just been resonating a lot with me recently, um, especially just having been home for the holidays and thinking about what, you know, my family is not all practicing. Most of them are not Catholic. So these little tiny things that they would say or like little tiny worldviews just become so much more apparent when you're spending a lot of time with people who don't necessarily share your Catholic faith and don't necessarily share your Catholic views. And something that kept coming up was just this idea of like selfishness. And that was something that like was has been repetitively encouraged of me since basically when I got married. And like now that Austin and I are married, everyone and their cousin wants to weigh in about when we're going to start having kids. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, you should take this time to be selfish. Take your 20s and take that time to be selfish. And oh, don't get married young because you need this time to be selfish. Go travel, go like take care of yourself. And just this idea of that I feel like is so present in our culture of like we should be selfish mm-hmm. all the time, not just with like our relation, you know, our romantic relationships, but like I hear that with friendships too of like I'll see stuff on Facebook that's like, you know, if someone's, you know, not great in your life, drop them or whatever. And it, like, there's obviously a boundary there of like, you know, people who are toxic or not healthy relationships, you shouldn't be investing time in that. But if a friend is hurting or if a friend needs help and maybe they're not like fun to be around that night, but like I would hope that someone would spend time with me. So it's a lot to say all at once. But <laughs> um, yeah, just this idea that's been very prevalent of we should be selfish and all of the ways in which the world tells us to be selfish and all of the ways I feel like that's been encouraged of me recently and how it's tempting a lot of the times because it is one of those things where, you know, it it's not, it's attractive. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, like, it's like, oh, it's like travel sounds great. Like, spending time with just my husband before we have, like, another human to take care of sounds great. And, like, maybe these people do ha- know something about it. And maybe I am going to struggle if I'm not selfish. Um, or maybe it will be too hard. And all of those are just so such lies but they are very tempting so i wanted to kind of open it up and just talk like ask you guys if there's any big lie or like struggle or temptation that you guys have had with the world and like what the world tells us we should be versus what god tells us we should be i've definitely experienced that a lot um especially uh when we were discerning starting a family and and ever since being in this pregnancy, um, this idea of, but once this baby comes, my life is over. That's, mm-hmm. I think, what people like to sell to you. And so, you know, um, oh, you're never going to sleep again. And you're never going to go out again. Or you're never going to see friends again. And that can really um, just get stuck in there. And one thing that but then you talk to parents who have children and 
most of them will say um, it's hard, but there's there's you can't even imagine the joy they bring to your life. And there's this sacrifice to it. But the joy that comes with it is limitless. And I think that God calls us to. Um, I think when we try to um, separate God, where God's calling us to and where the world is calling us to. I think the world, it's this instant gratification. It's this instant um, or sacrifice is too hard. Therefore, it shouldn't be done. Whereas God calls us to this sacrifice, which will ultimately bring joy and bring something better. And we know this with relationships, right? I think that when I first started my relationship with my now husband, I remember the first time we had a fight, I was like, wait we're not supposed to argue like couples aren't supposed to argue. So clearly we're not meant to be together because that's what I got from every single movie and every single show and every single everything. Um, except this is us. They show <laughs> real love. Um, and I love it. Um, but this idea of wait, relationships are difficult. Like they take work. Um, so I don't know if I digress with that, but the, I guess I did, but the selfishness part, I think, especially where you are Rachel right now which is like all these people are asking like when are you going to start a family because that's just like the next step right that everyone sees in this list um it's it's hard it's really hard to like listen to your to listen to God's voice um and listen to your voice and your husband's voice and trying to like quiet everyone else's I feel like it's a sneaky way that the devil kind of instills fear in us mm -hmm. so that we can experience the joy that he has planned for mm -hmm. us, you know, by like kind of grasping on to the comfort of being selfish and having our lives feel perfect and yeah, doing all the things that we want to do and not ever giving of ourselves to anybody else. Like that feels comfortable. Um, but like you, like you were saying, it's just, there's so much joy to be had when we kind of release that comfort. I think for me, the lie from the world that I often believe is that whatever God has next for me is not going to be as good or better than what's going on now. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's come up for me a lot recently with knowing like when Jonathan and I will like move back to Georgia eventually at some point or somewhere else. Um, and just the timing of that, like I, I just hold on to like wherever I am like so deeply like it's really hard for me to like leave stuff um and so just really not believing that like whatever is next is going to be just as good and that it's going to fulfill me just as much like that God is going to use it in my life there's a really cool image and it is like a picture of like Jesus and like a little child and he's like taking away their teddy bear and then he has like a giant teddy bear yeah, behind yeah, his yeah. back and I feel like God always, like, God always blesses me in abundance, like, moving up to Boston just, like, was so much more than I could have ever imagined it to be and thought it to be in so many different ways. And yet, like, every time I still have that disbelief, like, I still believe the world telling me, like, nah, it's not going to get better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The devil's so what? I said the devil is so lame. I thought you said that was so lame. No. <laughs> so harsh. No, the devil. He's so lame. No. Yeah. Like, can you imagine what our world would look like if, if, yeah, the devil didn't plant those lies and people actually live to the full potential that God is calling them it's to? It's just wild. Like, 
I, I, I realize I keep coming back to having the kids thing, but that's kind of the impetus of all of this. But it was just so interesting. Like people who have kids mm-hmm. who are telling me like, no, wait, like at least five years, which is fine. Like I'm young and we've got time. Like it's not that's fine. But like the idea of doing that just to be selfish, it's so, and it's so empty. That's the thing. It's like the devil loves these empty lies and he Mm -hmm. loves these empty promises. And, you know, on one hand, like on paper, selfishness looks fun, right? Like, you know, the idea of like the double income, no kids, like being a dink couple Um, (laughs) and, you know, traveling and doing this and doing that. And, you know, people talk about like your freedom a lot, like, oh, your freedom to do whatever. But like, um, Dr. Shri actually has a really good book called, oh, frick, I forget the name of it, but um, Who Am I to Say? Or, and, who Am I to Judge? Is that the relative? Or Who Am I to Judge? Yeah, yeah, the relativism book. And in it, he talks about freedom and like Catholic freedom and true freedom. And like the original philosophical way of thinking about freedom was not like your freedom to do things, but your ability to. That's not a good way to say this, but like you're it's not like, oh, you can do anything, but it's that you have the freedom to actually do things like you are not enslaved. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about that, it's like we are free to have kids. It's not that like we need freedom from anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, and kind of what you were saying, Sophia, just these are it's a beautiful gift. And the fact that people like look at it instead of like focusing on the beautiful gift of it of just this total loss of freedom and thus it's like not worth it or you should wait it's very interesting and there is truth to like we can't deny that bringing a child into the when it's only a husband and a wife and all your time is to each other i mean you get home and all you have to do is love and serve the one other person it's true that when you add a child into that mix, that changes. I mean, it changes the dynamic. And I know this because my sister lives with us. And so it's it's changed the dynamic, but it has grown our marriage in a way that I never would have imagined. And I've seen my husband in this role that I never could have pictured because I don't know, my imagination doesn't go that far. I don't know. But just seeing him practically in these, in these settings, and I've fallen much more deeply in love with him. And it's going to continue being that way because when we allow God to work and I mean, God asks us sometimes to do a little bit more, right. That we're comfortable to give him. But when we give him that, yes, like he just like runs with it. Is it true that, you know, you can't, um, you can't go to women's group anymore because you have a child at home who, yeah, will survive if you're not there, but the evening won't go as smoothly or they're nervous for the test the next day or whatever. And you have to make that decision and it's hard. So there is, um, it's true that you can't just right now, if you wanted at like midnight, you can be like, let's go to the movies and you just go. Um, But is that, I don't know, is that freedom and is the other not freedom? Hmm. I think it's interesting that the the idea that is implied by telling you to wait to do certain things so that you have more time to be selfish is that mm-hmm. nothing that you do that doesn't serve yourself can be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. so like wrong and <laughs> untrue because yeah, we that's the whole Catholic mindset too is to love and to serve and you find so much joy in doing that. And that just completely ignores that reality that things that you can do for others bring you 
significantly more joy than things that you can do for yourself. That's the only thing that really popped to mind so far. Yeah, Maybe no, more will true. come. No, <laughs> you're right. Exactly. I think what was kind of like striking me about this and why I wanted to talk about this, because it's these people who I love and respect very much. And so it's, you know, coming from a good place, mm -hmm. but they're not incurred. We're not made for that. We're not made for that level of selfishness. And it's not ultimately fulfilling. And, you know, back to the quote of like the world is thy ship, not thy home. Like, you know, I could spend God willing all 90 years I have on this earth being selfish and doing whatever I want, but that's not going to fulfill me, nor is it going to get me to heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's it's hard when I think when you hear that from people in our lives, you know, whatever the they're encouraging maybe in you that isn't the best for you, even if they don't know that it's not the best for you, it's hard to kind of separate that out and say, okay, I love you, I respect you, but what you are telling me is not ultimately, it will fulfill me or it might serve me now, but it's not going to serve me later. Yeah, for this past Advent, I got um, Bishop Robert Barron's Advent Gospel Reflection Booklet. So each day in Advent, you read the gospel and he gives a reflection uh, and then just a question at the end for you to find a way to apply it to your own life. And the first one, uh, the first gospel of Advent this past year, he the line that really stuck out to me was um, just speaking about the people in the gospel, how they are Advent people in everyday life because they're waiting for what's coming next. Mm. Like them living in this life is not a finality. It's this whole life we're living in the anticipation of the next. Mm. And that was his reflection question of, do you consider yourself to be an Advent person? And I was just like, what the heck? Nobody's ever <laughs> asked me that before. <laughs> and in a way, I, it's like a two-fold answer because in a way, yes, I know that life doesn't end here on earth. Like when, when our life ends here on earth, I don't believe that that's it and that we don't have a life to come in the future in the afterlife. But at the same time, like I don't think about it as often as I should. And in that way, I'm not an Advent person where I, th I think about how my current actions affect the life to come. Mm. And I get very caught up in other people's ideas and like views of me versus God's view of me. And that can be in like any aspect, whether like Rachel has been saying, when we have kids and when we start a family, what our family looks like and how large our family is, like what people might consider to be like the correct family or the correct way to do that. And even just with job and success and hobbies or activities, like whether how they view like, oh, you're doing really well at this and now you've been promoted to that and now you're considered a successful person versus just knowing that like God has desires for me and a will for me that might not look like a successful person in the eyes of other people. So. I think going along with like the Advent people, like you were talking about like waiting and like preparing, I guess, um, and just like thinking about, I don't know, thinking about like the moments where I have been selfish because I feel like that's something that like I, I keep going back to like how can I be less selfish and I just like keep feeling the shame and embarrassment of like how I act in certain situations um, and just like the practice and like preparation and like daily life and like in that moment like living that out because it's like it's one thing to know 
that those things are the truth that like that doesn't like fulfill us you know like I'm thinking about this I'm like yeah that's so true like why do I do that like that does not make me happier but then in the moment it's just so easy to fall into that so I guess like maybe as a question because I don't know if I like fully have the answer here at all um but just like what are some things that you guys do in like those specific moments like to counter them Hmm. one thing I heard recently was that you're because I struggle with this too and especially in my marriage you know when it's late and I'm crabby and Austin needs something and it's just like oh um (laughs) but and you know there's the thing that I heard was that the your initial thought is how you were raised or how you were trained and your second thought is how like your choice that's who you Mm. are because we have these and I would like getting so came at the perfect time because God's time is always perfect but I was kind of like prayerfully in this slump of like being so distraught in my own sinfulness and being so distraught and like always having these super negative reactions anytime like something minorly inconvenient happened and I my initial thought would be so selfish or so like frustrating to me like afterwards and I'd be thinking about it I'd be like Rachel like be better be better at reacting to this and get you know and I would force myself to do what I knew was the right thing to do in those moments but my attitude about it or like my internal position like posture towards it was horrible but one of the things so it is like helpful to know that like as you train yourself you are and even if like my gut reaction is not ideal my secondary reaction can be can train myself to have a better gut reaction Mm -hmm. um and in mere christianity c.s lewis writes about like how every decision we make is like the steering of a ship and so like everything you do in your life is either steering yourself like towards god or away from god which is so tough because like Every time I cut someone off at traffic or get Mm -hmm. frustrated at another driver or roll my eyes or all these little things are like decisions to orient my soul towards God or away from God. And so I try to remind myself of that frequently of just, you know, I can these things that don't seem to really matter, like who cares if I like honk at someone on the road or whatever. Um, But those are the little things that are orienting my soul. Mm -hmm. And so trying to be more conscious of what am I, you know every little thing that I do how is it orienting my soul because yeah at the end of our lives we are going to be judged and I hope (laughs) that my soul is pointing towards God my ship is pointing towards God lots of ship analogies I love it someone I know would always say like you can never get too comfortable and it was I, I remember I know someone who knew this person and he was telling me that one night he was going to bed and he like wanted to say goodnight to his friend. I don't know if they were at a retreat or something. And his friend like threw his pillow on the floor and he wasn't gonna sleep with the pillow. And he was like, what? Like, are you not sleeping with that? And he's like, like you can never get too comfortable here. Like just like you have to remember that. Mm. And it was like, <laughs> and I don't know that that has always stuck with me. Mm. That thought of like you can't get too comfortable because this is not our final destination. We're just passing through. And I feel like the saints did that really well. Like every time you read about the saints, they just fully knew that this was not their ultimate home. And they lived like that. And they didn't indulge in worldly things. But there obviously is sort of this balance where we are lay people and we're living in the world and we're interacting with and loving people who maybe don't have that same worldview. Mm-hmm. So I think that can be difficult of like, I don't know how to 
yeah, live that out while living in the world. Um, and, and that's that whole thing. I know someone's already said this already, but this idea of like, we're in this world, but not of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, how do we do that? Which is the question that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of a daunting thing too because we're all young and under the age of 30 and you know we've got again god willing another 60 years to go or 50 years to go and so you know it's it's hard to think about doing making myself un- intentionally making myself uncomfortable for all of that it's a really long time um i don't remember who said it i heard a quote recently uh someone had said when a saint dies it's almost like boring and uninteresting because they were it's like they were dead already because mm-hmm. they like kill themselves to this world mm-hmm. so that they're already living for the next and just don't let themselves be- get caught up in the pleasures and the ideas of success and all the things that are attractive about this world and that's such a jarring image mm-hmm. of like it's like they're already they're living like they're already dead because that is not what I do like and it's hard going back to your question of like how do we do that to what extent do we do it I don't know (laughs) and I think especially like when we were talking about the little moments how can we choose to choose like kindness or generosity over selfishness when those moments present themselves I can't think of a practical answer other than like staying close to Christ, like mm-hmm. prayer and growing in virtue is like the only way because we can't do that by ourselves because mm-hmm. but we're not we're not perfect and that's not our first inclination to act. We we're thought or we have the intention of acting for ourselves. And so it's only when we let Jesus work through us or allow the Holy Spirit to invade our lives to work through us that we can actually accomplish those things so it's very hard because it's it's like you have no control over it in a way but you do because your control is like staying close to christ and bringing yourself as close to him as you can yeah it's like a whole perspective thing like the bigger picture i did this analogy with my middle schoolers and it's you you probably have seen it or heard it before it's like the long piece of rope and there's like a tiny piece of tape and like that's our time on earth and the rest is like Mm -hmm. our time in heaven and just like going thinking of like that perspective you know like if it's like like today standing in line at starbucks and i started getting really frustrated that everything was taking so long but if i just like take the take a step back and like think of that rope think of god like have that perspective that this is like this is not it like this is just such a like little moment and like being close to god um, in that because it, it requires him in order to have that perspective like without him we can't really have like the same type of bird's eye view because like that's mm-hmm. the perspective that he has not saying that like our perspective can be as <laughs> pure as his but he helps us like see mm-hmm. with those like that new lens like mm-hmm. those new eyes when I feel like there are things that we can put in our lives to give us that perspective or be a reminder of that perspective and that's what I was kind of talking about with the steering of the ship is like that is the thing that I bring myself back to to remind myself that in those tough moments, okay, you have a choice here and this choice matters. It's not insignificant. And then, you know, I know some people do like a daily exam every night and that can be a good, like a touchstone almost of like, these are the things I do on a daily basis to keep my, not only keep myself close to God, but also remind myself that everything that I do matters and that I have control over these choices. 
with the selfishness and and um what like a practical way of how we can um look at that is I sometimes like stop and I'm like all right why am I why is this upsetting me so much and I realize that it's because it's it's asking a lot of me Mm -hmm. and then and then I realize how like well God died for me right so (laughs) you like you have these things like these images and you're like whoa like you just think you I just take that moment and I think about all right in God's life or Mary's life like I'll get frustrated about something like oh my feet are swollen and then I'm like Mother Mary's feet were not only swollen but at this time in her pregnancy she had to ride on a donkey for weeks if not months and you know that's so much worse and then this baby she was she was waiting for she got to watch him live a life with so much suffering and then die right in front of her you know it's like these these images that are just like why am i i get so caught up in like my life and what makes me happy and how can i be as comfortable as possible and it's like no or even comparing it to people somewhere else in the world or down the street or i don't know you know mm-hmm. just like changing that perspective or getting to the why am i reacting this way which you talked upon before rachel kelsey i like the question that you posed earlier about you know to what extent should we be forcing ourselves into discomfort especially as lay people. I think that's like the key question because so many of the saints, for better or for worse, I mean, are um, either religious or priests or, um, yeah, a lot of them are religious or priests and those are the, at least the big ones that I frequently read about. And so you don't, there aren't as nearly as many lay saints that we have named at least. Like I'm sure that there are plenty unnamed ones in heaven, but to what extent, especially when you have like kids to take care of or, you know, like Franciscans take a vow of poverty and that is wonderful when you're a single man, but you can't take a vow of poverty necessarily when you have like small babies to feed. So yeah, to what extent should we be doing that as lay women? An example sort of just popped into my mind um, about sort of like the media that we consume. And so like certain movies or TV shows or even music, that address things that are like sexually explicit or Mm -hmm. like just immoral in some way. Um, Like we could fast forward through that part um, or close our eyes or whatever, but it's like, if we're still watching that because we like the show, but there's some bad parts, like, is that really, is that worth it? Um, Because we're also supporting something that is ultimately promoting something that's evil. and so just little things like that, when it seems like such a small thing. Um, and I've had this conversation with a few people recently, <laughs> just about TV shows in particular. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if I should just be fast forwarding through that because um, is it is it really that good of a show that I can't just not watch it instead? You know, and so like little things like that, where I feel like the world would be like, mm-hmm. of course, like, that's not a problem. Just watch your TV shows that you mm-hmm. like. But we're called to something greater. Um, so like, can we give up those little things? with that example specifically i've had the opposite 
like mindset more recently. Not like I can watch anything and it's fine because I go to church and I know what's right and wrong. <laughs> like there are definitely lines to be drawn. But there are, I've just been reflecting a lot more, mostly because I've had that that argument brought to me by other people of, well, if it has this and that in it, then shouldn't you just not be watching it at all? But most of the shows that I watch and really enjoy, I enjoy because there's some truth in it in mm-hmm. some aspects that mm-hmm. I can see and apply to some like section of my life or I can see like where the writer or the creator like God is somewhere in there even if he doesn't recognize that like the beauty that he's showing is from God or the example of truth that is coming through this scene or this conversation is ultimately like a very Christian mindset so there are are a few just like examples of media that I've seen where I don't necessarily agree with everything that they do but there's still truth in it somewhere and so yeah I don't know it's difficult because there there definitely are boundaries of things that are appropriate and aren't appropriate um, and could be like worse for you but at the same time I think it depends person to person definitely because there are people who can see that and call it out for like it's um, reasons for being wrong, but not like have their soul like dragged down by it in a way, I guess, like recognize that it's wrong mm. and recognize why they someone might have felt comfortable putting it in a TV show, but still see that like the show overall or some part, some, yeah, like elements of the show are true mm-hmm. and are pointing to truth in ways that are beneficial and you can reflect on and apply to pe- other people who might have watched the shows and not been Catholic or not had any, you know, like religious affiliation and allow them to see like truth and beauty in those like more tangible ways. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I see the point. It does make a lot of sense. No, yeah, that makes sense too. I guess I'm thinking more and granted I also don't watch a lot of TV, so maybe this is just <laughs> on a soapbox that I shouldn't be on. <laughs> and I don't have like a super strong, I mean, I've just started thinking about it recently. I've had just a few conversations. Um, Right, and there's obviously a part that, that goes to dark places. Like we have to, I mean, Flannery O'Connor is a great example. She wrote about violence and corruption and brokenness. And mm-hmm. yeah, like we have to engage with that. I guess I'm thinking of times when there are like unnecessary, unnecessarily mm-hmm. graphic like sex scenes or violence or things like that, where it's like, and even if it doesn't, doesn't affect us or we do fast forward through it or whatever, it's like, we're still contributing to those views that are telling the producers of the show that this is a good show and people are watching it sort of thing. Um, and like, okay, so continuing this narrative of like sex sells and like violence sells. Um, mm. So that's just another thought I had about it. Mm. But I mean, that's totally, that's really true. And someone could watch a show like that, that has some truth in it. I mean, because all good art ultimately does. And that could be like sort of an entryway for them. So I see both, I see both ways. Yeah. I think we just have to be very intentional with what we're feeding our bodies and our souls with, or specifically our souls with, and um, your body too. It's good to take care of it. But um, I've been thinking a lot about that with the music I've been listening to, and just I've been taking a break recently from um, more mainstream music and spending more time like on my during my commute and stuff listening to religious music, and it just there. I think there's kind of category three categories basically that any type of media can fall into there's bad for you neutral for you and good for you and obviously you want to stay away from the stuff that's dragging your soul down and so and what I think we're talking about here is like 
the balance between the neutral and the good because with your you know we all have a finite amount of time here on earth as we've been talking about and you have a finite amount of time to decide like how much neutral and it's not that we should like only yeah, that we can't partake in any neutral things like there are plenty of neutral things that I do all like I, I love a cup of coffee coffee is very neutral for my soul <laughs> um but you know making sure too that we're filling ourselves with good and I think that's a very personal discernment kind of as the two of you have been saying of like we could watch the same show all six of us and have completely different reactions to it and it could be neutral for some of us good for others bad for other you know we could all have a very different read on it so a lot of it is just being intentional which I feel like circles back to like everything else that we've been talking about is like we just have to be so intentional with like our time and the way that we're orienting ourselves Mm -hmm. I feel like that really connects to to what we were talking about, like, at what point do, like, we, what level of uncomfort, discomfort, <laughs> uncomfort, <laughs> the level of um, discomfort that we should feel in this life and just how, I don't know, I always think of my life, like, as a series of, like, little conversions because I never, uh, well, first of all, I never, like, had one big conversion moment. So that kind of steered me towards, like, okay, but, like, God has changed my life. So how mm-hmm. did that happen? I mean, just thinking of, like, even what you're talking about, like, the little things that he kind of, like, sparks on our heart um, and leads us into that transformation, I think that there's discomfort in that because, like, we don't Mm -hmm. like change. Like, we like the end result of change, but we don't like the process of having to change. Like, the purification of it is really tough. Uh, And so I think that that's, like, the spot on in relation to that question of, like, that's the level of discomfort. Like, however God is tugging on our heart and it can be really small for some and really big for others. I would say living life as a Catholic woman is not comfortable. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I think for, um, it may, there may be something that we really need to change and there may, of course, we all could do so much better and we could all be so much more uncomfortable. But one thing I tend to like think about this and um, talk to people about it, like, you know, I, I, I didn't go to mass today and then I'm like beating myself up the entire day for not going to mass. And it's, it's, and then my best friend is always the one that's like, Sophia, but you you know, you spent the day working really hard and you woke up really early to take your sister to school and you got out of like all these different ways. So like you were honoring God. So like, don't hold on so much to, to what you didn't do. And so just this idea that being Catholic in the world that we live in is just not comfortable. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's a good thing. Um, the discomfort that comes with it. So not saying that we don't need to change, but also, sometimes taking that time to put it in perspective and be like, okay, I don't know. We're doing little things. I was thinking of just kind of everything we've been talking about, like, let's not do this. Let's not do this. Let's not do this. But I think it's also important to keep the perspective of like looking at virtuous people and trying to mimic what they do. And like, yeah, looking at who God is and trying to mimic that, not necessarily like not being something, if that makes sense. Um, I think people think of Catholics and they think like we're this religion that has all these rules and it's very strict. Um, But I think kind of the freedom of not being of the world is like closely mirroring the image of God um, and, and mimicking the saints and mimicking, yeah, 
like mm. looking at our blessed mother and trying to live out that virtue. Yeah, because it's the hard, like the language of it can be difficult because mm-hmm. it's saying like, don't make yourself too comfortable here. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to be happy here. Right, exactly. Or like mm-hmm. experience joy here mm-hmm. because it's like, well, that's going to be later. Like it, you're not going to have happiness now. Yeah. Um, it's just like, don't like, do things that hurt your soul just for happiness in right. this moment. Exactly. There's like a, a difference yeah. versus leaning into the discomfort almost. Yeah. 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 Versus, it's going to come. Yeah. It, that, that's life. That's life. Yeah. Like, like you said, being a Catholic woman is really difficult and being a Catholic in general, but being in the world is really hard. And so it's what we do with that. And if, like, I think of just the idea of going back to confession. Um, as long as we're taking kind of our brokenness and our mediocrity and we're turning it towards Jesus, then we're doing the right thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, one other thought I had too is like not being weighed down sort of by the sorrow of the world. Like sometimes I see the news or just hear stories of tragedy and it's mm. heartbreaking and sometimes almost like crippling. Like I get very easily upset by things that I hear on the news and like, yeah, just stories of grief that happened to other people. And um, they can like really, really affect me. But kind of when I realize that this is not our home, that's sort of helpful in remembering like, wow, this is terrible. Like Jesus is here and he's redeeming this and he's been there too. Um, and ultimately, this is not the way that things are supposed to be. And there will be a time when this will not happen. Yeah. That, um, I was just listening to Oh Holy Night. Oh Holy Night. And we were just talking about this. Kelsey and I were just talking about this. But the two lines, the first one, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth, mm-hmm. has like rocks me every time I hear it. <laughs> and then uh, I forget the line that comes before, but and the weary world rejoices. Mm-hmm. A thrill of hope. The thrill of hope and the weary, weary world rejoices. Um, yeah, and just this idea of it can be so dark and sad sometimes and so easy to just feel the despair of the world and all of the brokenness and all of the things that are going wrong and get so weighed down by that. But, like, we have – the world has been redeemed. It's been bought. We have been purchased. Mm-hmm. There's no more – you know, we have that great promise. And so, and so we can't, our weary souls can rejoice in mm-hmm. that, even when it does get hard, even when it is uncomfortable, we can rejoice in the idea that it's fine. Yeah. It's fine, guys. He fine. came. <laughs> it's all good. He did the dang thing. <laughs> I think that's a probably a good place to stop and uh, jump into our fun question of the day. Yeah. How are you? What is the question? How are you being an Advent people? Or would you or, consider yourself you an consider? Advent person? And if not? And that's not just for Advent time. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is one way that God is calling you to reject the world right now in your life? And until next time, go be a daughter. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs>
You can also support Grexley on Patreon, where you'll get access to behind-the-scenes content and tons of other fun perks. You can find us there at www.patreon.com Grexley. We'll see you next time.